Welcome, this is the Synth DIY Podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has watched, commented and liked the podcast we've had so far. I'd really appreciate it if you could give this episode a like and consider subscribing as it really helps to grow the show. I'm here today with Knopsel Modular. Hi Marcus, do you want to say a few words to introduce yourself? (laughs) I'm super excited, I can tell you that. Thanks for having me on. Um, honestly, uh, it was the hardest part to think of uh, an introduction for myself. Um, I'm Marcus, or Knopsel if, you, if you'd like, uh, and I'm a big nerd and all of this has gone a bit overboard. <laughs> that's awesome. <clears throat> is, that your full, is that the back of your modular there? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the back of the full DIY modular I call the Beast. It's, uh, I'm not sure, about 60 uh, modules all on streetboard or perfboard. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was two years worth of uh, soldering, <laughs> finding solutions for schematics, UX design, learning a lot of stuff. Real fun. And what about the case itself? What's that designed into? Um, it's lime wood, I think it's called. Um, I made it myself. Um, it's fr- um, the wood originates uh, from the from the forest of my father-in-law. He has a little, um, what's it called, a little mill or something. He can he can pr- produce the blanks himself, and I worked. I uh, did the rest. That's awesome. So um, you went for an open back design as well. Is that for any reason? <sighs> for easy troubleshooting, I'd say. Um, when I started out, um, this stage was the first one, uh, which is partially closed because I got a mean well. Um, PSU uh, behind that panel um, and I didn't want to um, electrocute myself um, but later on I went with the open design um, because there's no PSU this is just one cable going up uh, and all those are bus boards the uh, four pin uh, JSP connectors and down here is the second uh, PSU which is basically a buck converter which works worked fine and powers uh, the bottom two stages. Did you have any problems with the mean? Well, with the, I know a lot of people have challenges with it because I think that the five volt rail, I believe that because um, it's quite highly spec from memory, the five volt rail, and people found that you have to load the five volt, otherwise there's noise issues in the case. Have you noticed any problems with that? Honestly, I couldn't say no. Um, I'm, but I used the five volts right from the start. So I got a couple of Hagibo modules and actually my first one was the SM Tic Tac. If anyone knows, it's a, it's a Arduino nano based clock, uh, module. It was the easiest build, uh, I could find, uh, when I really, uh, started. So, um, yeah, I always used the five volt rail, so I never had any issues. Or, but yeah, maybe. So did you did you start with the clock because that was like your first kind of logical <laughs> module? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I was just thinking, okay, what's the first thing you need? What's the second thing? And this is how my my whole uh, case come came together. So every every time I had something, I knew, okay, the next uh, thing after VCO needs to be a filter. Then you need an envelope. Then you need a VCA, and so on and so on until you have this this first uh, monosynth voice. Uh, everyone 
yeah it's pious too <laughs> I can hear from when you're talking, you're like really enthusiastic to say the next thing that you built. Was that like your mindset when you started out on this journey that you kind of couldn't stop yourself once you started the ball rolling? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, exactly the way it went. <laughs> because um, when the first row was filled, I was already building the second case or so even before that. And uh it's two years of work, but I gotta say, after one year, it was uh, like 70% done, and I had already done a couple of side projects and stuff. So I, it was uh, I could never really stop anymore. So with with that mindset, were you thinking along the lines of I'm going to build a traditional synthesizer voice, or did you have a different approach? Um, the thing is, I'm no real musician or something, so um, I always just wanted to make bleeps and bloops, and um, I've searched a bunch, bunch of resources, uh, like all the time, I was all the time on Reddit, in DIY, and I was reading all the articles and all the blog posts I could find. Uh, so uh, every every time something came up, uh, I thought it's reasonably easy to do for me, because I was a beginner back then, uh, and in some in some sense i'm still um i uh when something cool came up i just tried to find a way to do it and add it to the functionality of the beast <laughs> so wh what kind of um, time frame are we talking about here what year did you start off all this journey i uh, 2020 uh basically when uh covid hit uh i uh i found look bomb no computer uh, and I was, I was watching his video and I didn't really know what modular was back then, but I knew all those cool inventions. I want to be part of it or I want to, uh, have this in my life. So that makes perfect sense. Um, so I've watched a lot of those videos with, um, look, mum, no computer. And, um, my, my, my interpretation was that, um, Sam makes it look very, straightforward and it invites the viewer to take part and do it themselves was that what enticed you in uh yeah he he makes it look uh he makes it approachable i guess um and with those first modules uh i did um uh, um the modular was not my first uh thin diy experience i i did some stuff before that even um and those were like the super simple oscillator uh almost everyone uh tried uh, it's a it's a simple uh, oscillator that uh, does uh, output uh, triangle wave no sorry saw saw two um and used that for drones made like four in a four in a case no i had three in a case so but i made four um and um output them through a simple passive uh mixer and stuff uh or the rc filter and then added a vector later on and stuff like that so um i actually if if i may show i've put it here because it's it was my my first uh modular experience <laughs> this one uh it's basically um you get on 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 the left side you get a, a atari punk console and then uh, you got the output. In the middle, you got an LFO. And on the right side, you got a, a RC low pass filter, um, with, 
with where you input uh, whatever you like, uh, the, the output of the APC, for example. Um, and you got even a CV in you can use with the LFO. So it's it's more or less self-contained, but it's modular and you can even interpatch it with whatever modular gear. And that was my first thing I wanted to build, something I can later on use as a clock source or as a sound source or something like that. I love so. the little wooden case that you use. For, for the, <laughs> Thank you. For the CV input, did you? Is that what you use the Vectoral for? Uh, the the CV input uh, is uh, for the yeah the the Lopus filter has a potentiometer, and in parallel to that, I've put a, a Vectoral, sure. and it works. And uh, the other CV inputs are the simple CV inputs for the, of the five 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 timer, the pin five. Uh, which takes um, volt per heart, I think. It's not volt per octave uh, input. But, I mean, at that stage, it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be musical. It just needed to make some sound and, and me having fun with two knobs and playing around. Like that, that was in the beginning, 2020. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the... <clears throat> excuse me. The um, Atari Punk console is like a favorite for um, people who are branching out in synth DIY, there's something, A, the name is fantastic. I love the idea that someone has kind of coined these two phrases um, and mashed them together. <laughs> I, I know that the Atari console is one of the retro classics of the, um, well, of my era when I was a kid growing up. Um, and now we're celebrating it still. The punk element, I mean, it's, that's more 70s, wasn't it? The punk punk scene originally, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, so I think that the wildness of the Atari punk console, I certainly have not really ever produced anything that I would call musical out of it. I don't know about you. Um, I actually got one one video because I made a PCB version later on for my daughter. This one, um, it's a it's it's a smiley face. It got an RB, RGB LED for the smile and stuff. It's really cute uh, and googly eyes on the on the potentiometers. Um, and she has real fun and she found a way to make it sound musical at least for a moment. That is impressive. Future talent to look out for there. I'm so oh, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> right okay we've we've done like a nice intro we've covered a lot of ground there I can feel yeah, that's true I, I can feel your excitement the energy coming from you all the way uh, from Austria I can feel this you know <laughs> coming through the over. air I'm feeling it now and as as the conductor in my interview tie I am going to rein it in to the questions. Really, as I, as I say on all the podcasts, the questions are a framework so that the listener, watcher, and and ourselves can basically refer to everyone's answers and basically maybe learn a little bit about the difference in approach, the difference in mindset, and learn a little bit more about you as a person in the you know the responses that you give. So. There's no real right or a wrong answer to anything. It's just a collection of ideas that maybe, you know, in 10 years' time, you can go back and watch this and think about how they've changed. So let's go. 
Question Just one. Three. Yeah. Synth DIY encompasses a wide range of skills, design, component knowledge, assembly, programming, troubleshooting, and even musical performance. Would you describe yourself as a maker, builder, musician, or something else entirely? So I definitely say I'm a maker. Um, I love to do the research and uh, I, I read a lot um, as I mentioned before, um, and then I start tinkering and building stuff really, it, it resonates within me. Um, I was always a DIY guy. I've got a bunch of other DIY hobbies. So, uh, this one came right my, straight my alley. Uh, and yeah, and the thing is, um, starting to do PCBs. Um, was always to get a wide, uh, wider variety of modules through trade, through trade, basically. Um, and yeah, that was why I started designing Eurorack modules in the first place. Because the first two years of my DIY career or process, um, I've done, um, this, um, uh, full DIY modules and I really enjoyed it. But later on, I thought there's, there's so much functionality uh, classic Eurorack users got, and I can never do it all by myself. Um, and so I started doing Eurorack modules and tra- started trading and finding new, uh, new um, collectives or uh, Discord communities um, where I find people, like-minded people, basically. Sure. So... You mentioned that you were on the Reddit um, community, the Synth DIY um, group on there. Did you? Um, is that where you came across Benji? Because I know that he was um, lurking in there. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. Um, and then the thing is, uh, I was pretty early on on a Discord uh, from from a really nice uh, person. He's called Marek Mach. And he uh, created uh, PCBs and modules for a long time before I even started, or at least like a year before I started. I'm, I'm not sure about how long, but it doesn't matter. Um, and I was uh, I was a lot on there and always tried. If, if I find someone that was kind and wanted to be part of a community and like all this uh interchange happening and stuff if people fit in in a certain um uh type of person i'd say then uh i tried to get them from reddit into my community and it was not my community but i felt like it felt like mine and uh yeah so i brought him over to discord and yeah he fit right in and uh, yeah, it's stuck. We, we're super, super buddies, I'd say. Uh, awesome synth DIY buddies and we uh, converse every day, even with 12 hours of, uh, time, uh, disparity. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I've got, definitely. A, I've got a theory that Benji never sleeps. Um, I can tell you that 
I don't know when he sleeps, <laughs> but <laughs> he's talking to me and I'm asking him how late is it? And he tells me it's 4.50 or 5 in the morning. And I'm like, you, you were up all day. You were writing with Daniel. What What's up with that? Oh, I need to turn in for another hour or two. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> how, how, how do you do it? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know how he does it because he's always so positive and like full yeah. of energy. And, you know, today I was watching his live stream on YouTube and I thought the same, you know, I thought, what time is it with him? Because that's what I'm immediately thinking. Because when he's, when his episode went, um, you know, broadcast on the, on the Sunday, it was 8 PM in the UK and it was 3 AM for him. Um, and he stayed up and he was participating in the chat the whole time until it was gone 4 AM. Yeah, we we uh, uh, we we chatted afterwards as well. So yeah, he was up very long. Yeah, this is um, he's setting the bar high, and I think his output as well. He's always producing high quality output. <sighs> I mean, I I I know for a fact that he's pre-producing a lot, but by the rate he's churning it out, I don't know when he starts doing the pre producing because he must be doing it all the time <laughs> i know and like whenever i speak to benji um your name is not far behind um and it's great to see this kind of um community aspect is this you know you mentioned earlier when you were talking about what you saw in the reddit um is and you saw the community aspects of it can you can you explain to the, us and the audience um what makes the Symph DIY community so special to you? I mean, there are other uh, Reddit uh, communities, for example, that are really nice and uh, can be kind and giving and uh, try to uh, relay information or expertise or whatever. But um, I think the Synth DIY community as a whole is pretty unprecedented. So I've never seen so uh, minimal toxicity <laughs> it's really i i i couldn't believe it but people told me and it's it's really right um the synth diy community is great people are always friendly helping forgiving um and yeah i can't say it any no no more words <laughs> no i agree i think that you know that lack of toxicity is very rare um you don't see that in any community i mean even when people are close together i think maybe there's some element to it because we all in some way know that we are just skimming the surface of electronics and and we're looking at it more from a functional point of view so we're striving for function it's um, funny you're saying that um but uh, i actually met a whole bunch of people that are um, like we're at the tip of the iceberg, but they're like way underwater. And it always blows my mind when I meet people that are like, that's because it's like that. And I explain it to you and now, you know, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> how? <laughs> and it's not only people with any kind of degree or whatever. They're, they're like people that understand this stuff. So I like, yeah, I like it when you come across. Like I've, um, I know a few people that really helped me when I first started. There was this one guy called um, Dave Thornton. He was a really nice kind of, you know, like 
I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but like slightly older generation. Sorry, Dave. Um, but he's um, and he back in those days, I was struggling to find. I had a basic soldering ability, but I didn't have anyone who could really show me on a on like a personal level how do you solder SMD. That was like a real problem for me because I watched. Um, there's so many people out there who will show you. I'll oh, use uh, you know like a cocktail stick use the paste and some people were using um oh you know just putting it directly on some people were doing this uh but he did it by hand and i've, I've made a short few short videos on how to how i i would do that because i found that that was a person coming to me and actually giving me their real world experience was so difficult to get hold of um is that the kind of help that you got in the early days on the Symphony DIY forum? So there's, um, I think it goes, uh, it goes pretty deep because, um, when I, when I tinkered with, uh, schematics or circuits, I wasn't not really fully understanding. And some of them, I'm, I'm still not fully un understanding. I really make this, uh, honest, um, then those people try to explain it to me like I'm five <laughs> and sometimes I really got it. And also they explained me why I'm hitting a roadblock here. Like, why is this not working for me? Um, and I, I think it's, it's great to have people really thinking themselves in your position, trying to help you uh, on your level. So that's w what's great about it, because somebody explaining something and, and throwing around a bunch of formulas um, may help anyone else, but not me. So you really need to make it clear what I f***ed up, basically. <laughs> and yeah, so um, I, I had a bunch of people helping me, but uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'll credit them later, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Well, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I think that you're like the angle you're coming at it from is much more around the understanding of the electronics and the schematic and how you can make that work for you. And, yep, maybe, and, for and, sure. and maybe you tried something that made sense in your head. For example, I, I think a classic one is where um, people see one design and then they think, I want to make a circuit where there's two of those on the same board. And then and maybe they combine them in a way which seems logical to them, but the out the outcome is not what they expected. And yeah, because of maybe interference or whatever, yeah, S stuff like that. Yes, but like from the top of my head, I don't have any of those problems in my head now, so I can't explain uh, like uh, a typical case or example. I'm I'm very sorry. No, no, no. I'm not. I, I wouldn't expect you to. I but think I made I, I made a bunch of errors and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th I think bunch that, of mistakes. I think the I think the important message though is that um, when when people are working with electronics, the the logical kind of I just want to make th four of these, put them on the same board, doesn't always apply because some of the calculations involved in the resistances in the original design were based around only a single instance and if there were yeah, multiples of sure. them yeah. then then, mm. then you would have to do all of these different things for it to make sense as i got no real formal training 
um, I wanted to um, have building blocks for myself, like things that work, uh, like a, a closed instance of this is a mixer or um, this is an op amp in that configuration. This can be that this can look like this. And you just got one or two parameters you need to, to change if you want to use it in another instance or in, in another circuit. Um, that was what I, what I was eager for when I was starting out. So I've, I've made a lot of notes. I took notes. I, I wrote books for myself with you can do this and you can't do that and stuff. But uh, way later on, I, I learned it's not that easy. <laughs> Yeah, because it sounds like um, that's the way that I would try and approach it. Um, I think the mixer example is a perfectly good one, you know, where you, you've got a certain signal coming in, you want to make it up to 10 times louder. So this is the op amp um, feedback resistor configuration yeah, required for a, for a 10x gain. Yeah. Um, and therefore, if... Uh, and then you start making assumptions based on that uh, and like you start coming up with a kind of standardized approach which you think that you can logically just use like legos and basically yeah. join together Drop this in and it works and this is not the way because sometimes you need a configuration that uh, you can use it as an att attenuator as well so you want to go below zero maybe with the configuration and sometimes that's not uh, that's not useful if you want the unity gain mixer or something so you need to check uh, all configurations and you need to know in which case you can use this configuration or that yeah because i think a lot of manufacturers they kind of make statements in their manuals and their description like saying oh this is a unity gain mixer um, and i think a lot of people don't even know what that means I know, um, and, and I think that the funny thing is, is there can be a massive gap between what a manufacturer will say in their documentation and what the expectation is from the end user's point of view. Have you ever experienced sure. that? Um, I haven't bought a lot of stuff, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more or less a manufacturer, if you want, in, in that sense. And I don't describe my products pretty, pretty good uh, so well. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I should work on that. Thanks for the hint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that it's like, I know that, you know, I don't, this isn't going to be naming any but particular I, uh, But brands. I get what you mean. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, not naming any particular brands, but a lot of them kind of make claims in their in their documentation. Like, oh, this is true to the original design or, you know, this is... <laughs> xyz and and you just think well i don't really care about any of that i just want to know what it sounds like yeah for sure i think uh, yeah a lot of these kind of um i think in the end of the day that's the most important thing in my opinion um obviously you want it to be electrically outcome. sound yeah yeah outcome yeah 100 percent. right for Qu sure agree question two when when people in the synth diy community first experience or encounter a modular synth it can be a significant experience <laughs> it would be great to relive relive this with you um, when did you first come across a modular synth 
Um, actually, uh, we've been there in the in the introduction. <laughs> um, it, it was when I've seen the my first uh, few look mom no, look mom no computer uh, videos, and I was like baffled what all of this is. I uh, it reminded me of those uh, telephone booths from the 50s and 60s where you like connect cables and then people can talk together, um, and it looked exactly like that for me at least. Um, yeah, uh, but it made weird noises and, uh, in some instances, even, even great noises. And I always wanted to have that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not really a musician. As I said before, I had some flute lessons in elementary school, but that's more or less that. Ah, I've learned some ukulele when my daughter was born to calm her down when she's screaming. Um, yeah, but. Um, that yeah. was my first contact with modular and I loved it from the start resonated with me. So what about, um, so this is quite, so flute was your first instrument. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you, when you were a kid, what about, were you into bands and music and you know, what, what was music a big part of your life growing up? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was, um, with I started listening to music when I was 14 and I've I've listened to mainstream pop rock stuff nothing special when I was 16 I started to get into punk rock a lot of punk rock and uh, later on a little metal um but when I was 19 I started to uh, started to go to drum and bass festivals and that was uh, my love for years to come and yeah, later on, everything electronic, everything, uh, guitar music, I, d I don't mind any kind of music, uh, except for maybe Volksmusik. I don't know if you know what that is. <laughs> no, it does sound interesting. <laughs> what, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's just, uh, this cheesy uh, music, uh, German uh, Schlager and stuff. It's, it's like, um, it's just bad traditional of music I, i'll send you some links okay but it's bad yeah. it's, it's german music and i was always drawn to more like uh, english speaking music more basically yeah yeah no uh, it's, it's what old people listen to i know what you're saying yeah. like basically there's like it's like a cultural like folk kind of yeah. style yeah. yeah yeah no i don't, no, I don't like that yeah i can imagine um <laughs> no that's cool so like music was a big big part of your life always. growing up um, yeah, that the thing is, I always wanted to make music, and the only, the only part where I where I came near the thought of uh, producing music was uh, when I was sixteen or something. And in the nineties, we had this, um, we had these EJs. I don't know if you if you know it. Um, on the on the computer, you could create music uh, with samples and stuff, and you had it was basically a DAW, but uh, very simple, made for kids to create hip-hop songs or something like that. And I really liked that. Um, for today, I don't like DAWs, really. I try to have everything to touch. Everything needs haptic feedback and stuff, so uh, I really like the uh, really like the modular stuff because I got my knobs and I got my toggles and I got my patch cables and that's way, way cooler. But, um, yeah. And as a tech guy, I was always trying to find a solution for me to 
make music but don't have to learn some instrument. I can learn logic. It's no problem. Um, and yeah, I think modular is the thing, the, the way to go for me. Honestly, I still, I still, I'm searching for something in your backstory. Okay. I'm searching for something in, in your backstory. I haven't okay. quite found it yet. So we've got this, we've got this music. We've got um, a passion for music, but and we've seen a, an almost attempt using this kind of like tool that was this um, software tool, which kind of almost gave you ability to be able to like tap into mm-hmm. some kind of inner creativity. But, but I think from talking to you, what, what about these other DIY hobbies that you've got? I'm intrigued about those now. Is there anything that we can see a crossover where this modular journey started? Uh, I'm sorry. No. It it came pretty abrupt. So I, it was in the back of my head. It was always, if I can do any kind of music, it would really fulfill me. And um when when I've seen look mom the computer jumping around playing his his uh, modular having tons of fun um, building flamethrowers that are musical <laughs> I mean it's it's crazy um, then then I knew okay there's this technical approach and it it works for me I I, I can do this I, I mean it's a hard way and and I need to learn a lot but I will take it on me and I will learn it and I will build myself a modular and I will play it and if you don't like the music go beep yourself i i don't care i just want to do it for myself so is that does it now is it now whole for you i I think it's going to come out more we're going to see more of this story we're getting there we're getting there (laughs) i I don't possibly know what to add but it's okay Okay. maybe you're like a therapist and you will find out i don't even know i've got long range scanners on We've, ah, okay. You've given you've given me the kind of official story. I'm a detective. I'm gonna get you know. There's gonna be bits that peek out, but maybe maybe that is it. Maybe that's what we'll find. We'll find that that is the truth. And I, you know, not that you're on trial here. You know, even though I think maybe I'm taking myself too seriously because of the time. <laughs> yeah, that, that maybe. <laughs> I'm definitely no liar. So no, no. I, I gave you I gave you everything. I I've got. Uh, yeah this is not this is this is not a indication of your uh, nature this is fine and on that we'll swiftly move on to the next question before there's a breach um <laughs> question three synth diy is a term that means different things to different people there's no right or wrong answer what is your interpretation of the phrase synth diy yeah, I thought hard about that. Um, the thing is, I think it's a range. I, I think there's no right or wrong. I think it's a range. Um, if you think, um, no, if you feel like building kits you buy from Thonk is, is right for you and that's everything you need to be happy, be happy. I'm not. Um, I, I need, I need more. I, I want to know. I, I want to uh, be in depth. I want to be enthralled in whole, in this whole thing. You know, I don't want to just build it to make music. I wanna, I wanna feel it all. <laughs> so I started with this uh, full DIY stuff and uh, with point to point soldering um, on perfboard, and then I found a way to to start creating PCBs. 
Hi Benji, thank you. <laughs> and yeah, so this is what what uh, since since DIY means for me. It's it's not only this or only that. It's all of it. And uh, I but I won't tell you you're not doing synth DIY because you're only soldering kits someone other had thought up or whatever. I I'm I can't be that guy. No, I think that's important as well. I think that. You know, <clears throat> people get caught up in the interpretation and like there there are no negative parts of Synth DIY. I think that um I myself took a lot of um enjoyment from kits. Um I saw that the entry point for those was a lot easier for my head to get around due to pressure from um, my day job and work and it was easy for me to um tap into google and get a kit to enjoy and i think that i took a lot of joy from the process of actually physically building and i think that some people are naturally able to use their fingers their eyesight their coordination and they're able to achieve the physical component of building a lot easier than others and and don't see that as the challenge for, I think what I'm trying to say is that for some people, myself included, um, successfully learning to solder and assemble, essentially, a, a kit is a very difficult task, especially if there's many different component types. You've got, you know, I won't go through all the components, but um, learning to physically assemble a, a module from a kit to someone would seem impossible and um and actually to produce a sound out of it at the end is a massive achievement and i, I would never take that away from anyone um, um but, but likewise people who are able to do those kind of activities easily um would not find it a challenge at all like people i know people who work for a living doing tasks which they're used to using um I suppose, like, not necessarily sympathy DIY, but say there, are, uh, I've got a friend who is a carpenter, for example, a chippy, as we call them in the UK, um, <laughs> and he was very good at producing kits, um, um, at, at building kits. But, however, if you know, if there was a problem with it that required electric, you know, like some kind of di troubleshooting, he would not have the patience to do it because that just wasn't how his brain worked. Um, and likewise, someone who, like, I mean, I take it from from what you're saying is that, um, did you find it? Did you find that building a kit would be easy to you, and therefore you went down the route of the synth DIY, or is it deeper than deeper than that? I I, I really I don't want to discredit anyone. Um, I I feel like, um, firstly, I always wanted to do it. Uh, DIY because I, I wanted to save money and kits aren't that cheap either. So I just wanted to build stuff myself. So this was the first intention of doing it. Um, later on, I, I've never done, no, I can't say that because I've, I've never done a kit from any major producer, maker, whatever. I've done uh, ones from maker mates I've met and I've traded with and stuff. And uh, I always love to give feedback and, and get and receive feedback and stuff. Um, 
I'm I'm really trying to find the 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 point here. <laughs> no, um, but I I never wanted to just build something and then make music with it. I I wanted to make something and and then make music with it. I think between just building something or building something and making something, there's there's uh there are worlds between. And some people like it either way, and I like to make stuff. That that's what yeah resonates with me. Yeah, I think you said earlier that you wanted to feel it when you were. Yeah. Um, can you talk? Can you talk to us a little bit about what that means to you? Um, I think that comes out uh, when I talk about my my workflow some more. Um, so when I'm when I try to do a new module, um, this is pretty high level, I guess, uh, because the, the other stuff we discussed were basically what this became. Um, but I get this workflow. Um, and so I, uh, there's some functionality I'm missing. Um, I, I've heard there are modules that can do that. I only through research, I can find out that there's things they can do. I don't make up things they can do. I, I find stuff that can do stuff. And then I try to think, okay, this is the functionality. How can I break it down into little parts? Find out how to make this work. Then uh, comes the part where I start drawing up schematics, uh, simulate stuff in Falstad, um, maybe make parts of prototypes. Like, okay, there's this part. I know it. It works fine. I got it three times in, in, in other modules. This I don't need to simulate or this I don't need to build. But there's a new part. And I, I will build a little prototype um, and I will just... Uh, patch it into the rec, uh, into the right module that has the other functionality or stuff like that. Um, and when I'm, when I'm okay with all the functionality and everything works out, then I start, uh, then I do the final schematic, uh, start doing the layout, uh, think about, uh, user, uh, user interface, how, how, how I want to do that. Um, and, uh, then there's a pretty neat checklist, um, I need to publish sometime. Um, where I've written down all the points I can do wrong and I've done wrong in the past uh, to make sure I won't send off garbas to GLC uh, that are, yeah, that won't become revision three or six or whatever. And <laughs> and then I send it off and uh, I get it back and I start uh, building my first one and then I get uh, into the testing or debugging stage depending on how, do, how it goes. And I want all of this, I want all of this experience and only getting PCBs and components already laid out, which is another step I, I like. I'm, I will show you something afterwards. Um, then, um, there's so much missing. There's all this research part and all this thinking up the functionality parts and how I can fix it or make it. Then there's, there's, there's so much missing for me. And I'd, it's where uh, where all of this is. Uh, this is all the the most interesting part. Building the stuff in the end and testing it is not so important for me. For me, the important stuff happens before I got a layout. You know, all the hands-on, thinky 
stuff <laughs> for me. No, that's awesome. I can really see the passion when you're talking. And do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, wow, imagine if you hadn't found Synth DIY, all of that stuff, all that all that um, skill that you've brought up, <laughs> built up. I mean, that's yeah, amazing. Now we're, <clears throat> now we're, I'm sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Okay. Um, um, no, but uh, I see where this goes. And uh, this was the point you asked before, what uh, hobbies and DIY hobbies I had before. And uh, I started uh, brewing beer like six years before. And I'm a big old nerd. And when I get into something, I'm into it. I'm like deep in there. And I, I want to know everything. So um, I, <laughs> I bought... Um, I got a little brewery uh, up top uh, of the cellar. It's it's like a little room, a little room. It's thirty square meters, um, <laughs> and I got everything in there. I got automatic uh, pump systems. I I partially built or bought or mixed up uh, with with uh, you know Arduino projects, uh, thermostats and stuff. And I can I can do everything more or less automated. But in the end, I want to do it by hand. So I, I sit there and I use my mesh pedal and I, I, <laughs> I do this for hours. And with the, on the other hand, I got my beer and then I go here and <laughs> I go there. And, uh, but that's me. I, I want to do stuff and I want to do it by hand and I want to think it up myself and I want to use my head. I want to use my brain and my hands. That's the most important part for me. And that yeah. has nothing to do with anyone or this is no uh, no thing uh, that anyone can judge me on because it's only me and for myself. That's amazing. I think that's beautiful to hear that, you know, you've got this approach to life. And, you know, to, I think that it's, it's almost, it's really interesting to hear about the same approach being used for your brewing and the kind of attention to detail around you know, the automation and just thinking about each process um, is, a. I know, you know, the audience here will probably be more experienced in electronics and synth DIY, but to hear that as an analogy um, for your workflow is really valid. And thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. There's like a view into your other side of things. It's really great. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. Right. We're going to continue with the next question because I think that, um, you know, we're getting some beautiful details and we're also kind of seeing that real raw passion and um, I really want to see it continue as we go through the podcast. So question four, we have, you have mentioned the answer to this already, but we're going to ask it anyway. Electronics can be a deep subject with physics, mathematics laws and complex concepts are you completely self-taught or do you have any formal background so uh yeah aside from school i had some physics and later on some electronics in my it um apprenticeship um i never went to college so i i'm a programming apprentice it's interesting um so the thing is before i've built the first thing i was very afraid to do something because I was always uh, held uh, held back by uh, yeah by by the fear of failing basically. Um, I had all those uh, components amassed. Uh, I knew what I wanted to build. 
um, but I was always I'm not I'm not sure if I can do it. Um, yeah, and I did about two or three months of research before I even started building anything. So I get why there's this hard passage to overcome uh, your fear to st even start doing anything in that regard. Because if you're not uh, an EE professional or whatever, then um, you've never done this, basically. Maybe you've heard in school about resistances and about capacitors or whatever, and uh, even made a little uh, thing with a battery <laughs> and a lamp that goes on and off when you pull, uh, when you uh, toggle a switch or whatever. But that's that's it. Uh, so I totally understand anyone who's um, who's a little frightened to start this. Um, <laughs> and I had a f I, I have a workmate. Uh, who started um, about a, about a year ago to tinker with electronics on a very crude level, and I don't say this; it, it's nothing bad about it. But he's like he's using um, this thick uh, uh, solid core uh, wiring you use in in homes usually, uh, and he's using. Uh, old lamps and he's using those block batteries and stuff and and he's making the the simplest contraptions i would say with with wood and it it all looks very crude but he's having so much fun playing with it and i i was really taken aback by the view of those things and him ex enjoying them so it doesn't matter at which level you are uh just enjoy it that's the that's the most important part i think yeah that's awesome i mean that's kind of like really important message for people who want to get into symphony oy i think that's um really valid to hear like um the encouragement for enjoyment is that something that um you know that what you looking back you could see yourself enjoying what you were doing yeah definitely i think failure is always hard on yourself so if if I if I can't do something, it's always like ah that bothers me, and I'm I'm I I don't even want to go to bed. I want to fix it. That's the thing. But uh, on the other side, if you're able to fix it, and if it if it's later on, if you set it aside and say okay, let's look at it in a week or two. I don't know. I'll do something else. Uh, one thing I always did was I need a quick refresher, and that was like an easy module to build or an easy whatever thing like this one was one of those so i tried a, bu a bunch of stuff and i was not i was not happy it didn't work out so i built something i knew would work so i built this <laughs> yeah that's a good tip because i think too many people myself included can you know we call it like flogging a dead horse you know where uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i totally get it <laughs> yeah where where you have a problem and instead of taking a break um you just keep mashing and mashing against this problem hoping for a different outcome and i recently you know i had a problem with a mo module the euclidean circles um, module that i built it's a very simple issue. Well, I could, I still don't really know what happened. It had this, at, um, it's basically these Euclidean circles. Um, you can turn on and off um, 
each of the stages and get the Euclidean sequence out of it. Mm -hmm. And it had a very simple additional module called six switches. And so for each of the circles, because there's there's three circles, but there's two modes, so you get six. So it's the same. You press a button and it changes to new new versions of the same Euclidean. Um, okay. And one of my switches wouldn't turn on. It wouldn't operate the right circle. It w the output would come out because basically the switches turn on. It was a simple switch that was connected to the output. So it would turn on and off the function so you could use it for performance. So you, whatever's plugged in, it would turn it on and off simply. And I, I couldn't work out why. I, I assumed that the problem was with my soldering. I dismantled it. I did some and now that you know I did some resistance checks. I couldn't work out what was wrong with it. And in the end, I don't know exactly what caused it. I assumed it I removed headers. From uh, from all of the places that were was in the path, the signal path, and I couldn't find any problem. And then when I tested from the header closest to the output, it was that four and five were both testing to both outputs, and I couldn't. So I assumed what I came to the conclusion was that the tracks must be touching each other somehow. So in the end, what I had to do is I had to I had to go and manually cut the tracks. And then make new connections with like really thin piece of um, you know repair wire, um, and and that, and it worked as expected. But um, it it put me off this module for ages. Like even after I built it for a year, I couldn't enjoy it because of this functionality issue, and I had to revisit it because I wanted to do a performance. And I actually, in the end, I had to kind of what I felt was damage the. You know, by cutting the tracks, and this was like a, um, I, I couldn't find anything other than this as a reason why it didn't work. There probably was something weird going on that I couldn't see, but I've solved it by cutting the tracks and relaying new traces, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so I totally, but the thing is, I, I couldn't, I, there were several moments with that repair that I felt like I was on the cusp of breaking it forever. And I think that, that's a very fine line that we tread with um, these kind of things sometimes. Yeah, <clears throat> I actually got two modules I made that never made it, basically. So uh, the first one was uh, 20 drum. You're not doing the bit of shame yet. We're not doing it. It's question nine. We can talk about oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it later. Okay, because fine. Because otherwise we're going to... Because I want to... Um, We'll build up to it. But Sorry. That's fine. Don't apologize. Fine. Okay. I just, I'm just concerned that we're um, answering ourselves. Because I'd fine. like to do the little... Um... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're all... But yeah, go on. Sorry, I was saying about the, um, the module I had that I had problems with. Um, and just mainly around troubleshooting and the methodology. I liked what you were saying, basically, about this idea of if you had a problem, not just plowing ahead but to actually take a side quest that you know that you could complete as a refresher. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I like the wording. <laughs> side quest. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, really. That That's it. 
it it for me it's uh, those refreshers it, it refreshes my mind takes takes my mind off of this monstrosity i've built whatever it is and uh, i make something that hopefully will work i never had it not work i don't know what i've would have done if it if this one hadn't worked either like probably bash my head against somewhere um but it always took off my mind i had some sense of uh, success and uh, with that i had enough energy to go forward build something else or even go back to the whatever didn't work so you're building on success really you're um and yeah. then you're kind of riding that wave forward yeah that what was what worked for me best so far I tell you what I picked up earlier as well when you were talking about your workflow was it sounded like a lot of this you're not really stripboarding anymore it sounds like you're doing your design purely in a theoretical way um and te or, or, or modeling you know using the modeling tool that you mentioned um and then going straight into um PCB design or, 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 or did I miss something <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I I told you uh, about um, me simulating stuff. Yeah. But um, I'm also doing bits and pieces um, as a real world uh, prototypes. So for example, um, the one I've posted on Instagram recently, for anyone hearing, not seeing, yeah, it's ugly, but it works. It's a five-five-five timer as a clock source. And uh, in the in the last stream we talked about this um, a transistor powered by five volts working as a LED driver. Um, I those are two parts of a bigger module I wanted to test, and I made it basically one uh, little sub module. I may be reusing later on, or disassemble partially. I don't know, but it works. It works off of USB C. <laughs> uh, those USB-C connectors are really handy to have, so I used I reuse them often. Um, for any uh, digital modules, I test them with five volts, basically. So I wanted to know um, because the thing is, I'm 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 a I learned being a programmer, but um, I don't know shit about uh, Arduino stuff. So no real C++ or Arduino code has been written by me uh, only modifications basically yeah um and so in this case uh, i needed an external uh, an internal clock and i could have mashed it in there but uh, the thing with clocks is you usually use uh, an either interrupts or delays for the code which both would have killed the original functionality uh and i didn't want to work it out in code so i I either put like three components in there and have it work, uh, then uh, killing it off, killing the software off, basically. So, so what? So, am I correct in thinking you might not go straight into PCB design, but you will create a, a like a bespoke, like like mini module to prove functionality of a new concept? Yeah, for sure. So if there's something I haven't done yet um, in any other module, I will just 
test it out if it works and even if it works with the with the final product or module so i've got a version of this module in the big rig and i want to make it a pcb but it doesn't have the internal clock feature so i built the internal clock feature and try to connect it and if it works it works oh that's great so yeah that makes more sense you're kind of like you you know the functionality for the rest of the module already exists so you're just creating a this isolated functionality in a standalone way and then bring it into your pre-existing configuration to test it against a real life environment so it's like a test lab basically yeah basically yeah it, it's a modular approach <laughs> oh that's great that's a real insight i think we're kind of like you know we're starting to understand that that approach a little bit more especially your workflow i mean how much of it um so when you when you actually get the finished pcb um you say that you uh, kind of at that stage you've already you know you've already done what you consider to be the most do you consider the most interesting part to be that previous those previous steps prior to the pcb yes for sure and oftentimes I will show you something else. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, I mean, two of them may be enough. Where are the others? Sorry. Okay. I mean, those are not the best examples, but the first ones I got. So, um, modules I did before as PCBs looked like this. Or looked like this. Yeah, so, so this is a uh, perf board uh, with point-to-point -point soldered, uh, all, all the all the connectors, all the potentiometers, all the lights, switches, whatever, and the whole uh, circuit is on the board. So if it's something I haven't built before and it's not in that case or something, then I build a physical version. I test with this case or with Eurorack, so the later ones where... You see a Eurorack connector like this uh, with uh, like uh, 3D printed panels I got from a friend. I got no 3D printer. Doesn't really matter, but yeah, they work fine. And so I really love this physical uh, stuff and I need to touch it. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. But not in a weird way, only like. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. It's good. It's good. Um, Right, so what about, um, have you got any projects which are special or hold sentimental value? I know you've shown the um, APC. Um, is there anything that is like out of your all of your builds that you would consider to be your favorite projects? That's hard to say. So um, I really love the experience of learning um, how to make PCBs. Um, I enjoyed everything that came before and everything that will come next. But um, so I've got uh, I've got this uh, amplifier module I did. Um, this was actually my first module I've built, and I showered uh, Benji with questions and did some googling as well. But most of the times I just wrote him and he gave me a valid answer. So <laughs> thanks again. Um, <laughs> um, the thing is, this is version two. So um, I did some improvements, I guess, um, and 
yeah, so this was the the most memorable experience because it took me the longest, I think. Yeah, so I hold this one dear. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have made a revision if, if it wasn't my first one. So it's an, is it an over, overdrive, do you say, a distortion? No, no, it's just an uh, no. It's a line amplifier. So you okay. got an external line signal, and you put it uh, in there, and you can uh, up uh, take it up to up, your rack. Yeah, take it up to your rack. So it's something many people use um, for in, inserting guitar sound or whatever. Think it was. Uh, I even used it with piezo mics. I built. And uh, yeah, I got a bunch of uh, circuit band Casios. Uh, I like to uh, put through my filters and effects. A lot of a lot of fun stuff you can do with it. Is there any kind of special design that takes into consideration external noise that comes in through that input? I'm sorry, I didn't get it. Um, you know, like with sometimes with taking taking external input up to your rack level, you can basically introduce noise from that module or the external gear. Have you designed anything to... Have you ever had any problems with that, with that module? Was that just... Mm, no. no. I've I've tried um, microphone preamps for piezo mics, for example. I've built like two or three different classic designs using JFETs. Um, those were noisy as hell, but this one is uh, TL072, uh, I think. TL, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, dual op amp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a dual op amp. Yeah, uh, and it's it's pretty silent. Um, in version two, I added uh, bigger decoupling capacitors, uh, widened the traces, uh, added um, over-voltage and reverse-voltage protection, stuff like that. But basically, it's the same module. It stayed the same. And it just works. I'm, I'm happy. And yeah, it's, that, it's really not noisy. It's okay. That's the most important thing, I think. Um, the, the one thing I can tell you is uh, that Casio... Casios uh, are are noisy uh, depending on the series. So all series that are SA sample sample based are pretty noisy. Uh, the analog ones don't remember which which way they start are are usually okay. They're usually not that noisy. Yeah, that's good. I think that the um, you know taking things into line, taking things in up to your right level. Um, how about have you got any set? Have you ever thought about making a send and return type of module for pedals? Yeah, that that uh, <laughs> the design was uh, was originally of one of Benji's. Uh, he used it for his send and uh, return module, and I thought um, I'll make an attenuate weight or attenuate module later on. So why would I need it? Uh, and it it was the easiest I could do, and it's three three HP, which is weird but okay um so no um i i won't be doing an extra for that i think fair very fair um we've already answered question seven we know that you're kind of building methodology question seven mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just read it out for the audience is synth diy offers a wide range of possibilities 
from simple kits, breadboards, stripboard layouts to complex surface mount designs. Um, and basically, you know, do you prefer building from kits, layouts, or breadboard, or designing your own custom circuits? I don't know if you want to answer, say anything additional. Yeah, I can. I can do a short answer if it's okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, the thing is, it was like a process. I started uh, trying breadboard, but I I felt early on it's not for me. Uh, those flimsy connections and stuff. I, I'm pretty sure there are good breadboards, but I got several and none of them satisfy me. Um, then I stuck for about a year and a half for stripboard builds because um, all those layouts uh, in there are some sections in Electro Music and the uh, Mamno Computer Discourse Forum uh, where you can find layouts that actually work. Uh, please don't Google layouts. They, they won't work half of the time. That's, go for verified layouts. Uh, I got all of the ones I built are in there, uh, are on my blog, but uh, to that later on. Um, yeah, so, uh, but at the point uh, when I uh, like mastered doing layouts, um, it lost its magic kind of. And then I found that I can do more complex and, and, and uh, tinier boards uh, with uh, perf board and point-to-point uh, -point soldering, but that's basically it. And with PCBs, uh, my my success rate was so high that I yeah didn't need to. So Marcus, what I'm what I'm getting a feeling for is that when you first did your first ever build, there was some kind of magic that you and you received a reward from um, producing some kind of a PCB, whether it was a strip board or um, whether it was a perf board solder, you, you, you received a reward of magic from, um, you know, successfully meeting this requirement. Um, but as you continued, there was a familiarity that basically pre prevented you from receiving magic from the journey. So something which originally you got this reward from, you then thought, I've done this. I need to I need to move along. And each time you've been moving towards where you are now, where it's you want to basically come up with the idea. Is this is this how you're seeing it now? Is it is it more about the production of the idea rather than the return of following someone else's instruction? Yeah, you might be up to something. I think you're, uh, you should be a therapist, actually. So <laughs> now that I think about it, um, because I got stuff planned for the future, or I got designs in my head or stuff I want to do in the future. And I'm now at this point where I'm so close to get my monosynth voice done. So I'm actually waiting on a GLC order for my VCF, which I've had to redo, which was but okay um it's part of the process yeah uh so where i'm getting at is this, the new stuff will be something new so it won't be only eurorack modules or i'm not i'm not uh at that stage where i need to churn out 20 different modules um to get this monosynth voice and all the functionality i want because i'm already there i'm there and now i can start enjoying other stuff you know uh so i get 
I don't want to spoil anything. So yeah, I got sure. new stuff in my hand, uh, in my head, and I, uh, I think uh, those easy Eurorack modules are almost done. I hope they are, <laughs> because now I can start doing more complex stuff for me, for other people, to make uh, the synth DIY community happy. I, I love to trade, so this is something. If you got something interesting to offer, more people are interested in trading with you naturally so yeah that makes sense i'm kind of like now i've got a question around mm -hmm. and i've asked other people this question and i haven't really got the answer which i was kind of hoping for and i'm wondering whether you might be that guy now the the question is around components are you drawn towards particular components and if so, why? Particular components. You that, mean like uh, a certain IC or? Yes, I'm basically what I'm thinking is that, for example, the P. I've used this statement before. <coughs> the PT two three nine nine is a interesting IC. It's got a lot of character to it, and it's been well used. Um, however there might still be secrets inside the PT2399 if used in a particular way mm. that people haven't seen before. And it could spark interest in a designer such as yourself to try and capture something that maybe the world hasn't seen. And therefore, you might have a link to the PT2399 that you're trying to basically unlock something or, or maybe demonstrate an understanding that people haven't seen before and i was just wondering whether there was an ic or range of ic's that captured your imagination in that way more or less so there are two things one is um uh about your question um uh, i'm very interested in those uh, logic cmos ic's from the beginning to the end and i i will try to unlock uh, a lot of their features uh in the coming years I don't know. Um, the other thing is, for me, a certain IC doesn't really matter as long as the thing does what I what it what I need it to do, and it doesn't need to do that for everyone. It just needs to do it for me. So, yes and no. Is that is that okay for you as an answer? It is. And your first answer, which you quickly gave around the CMOS, intrigues me. Because it's almost like there's hidden secrets within the CMOS family that you're that you've seen potential in, and maybe the part of the journey you're in at the moment, you've just labelled it for a future project. Is that is is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean it's it it's something I'm uh, I'm researching actually. So. Um, those CMOS ICs, I find them intriguing because you can do so many. Those it's not only those logic gates because logic gates are simple and you can understand them. You got those truth tables and you know, okay, if you put this in, you get this out and whatever. Um, but I'm really intrigued by those shift registers and what you can do with them and pattern wise. And I think there's there's a lot you can do. So uh, if you got a, like a gate sequencer. Uh, using those, uh, maybe. I, it, but it's just what comes to me now. So yeah, there's nothing, a, no refined thoughts. 
No, I think that's great. And I think that um, there's two modules which I'm aware of that use um, shift registers, which I find interesting um, in the nonlinear circuits world. And one of them is called Squid Squid Axon. Um, Okay. um, And basically, and another one is the Digital Filter Simulator. And I spoke about this. It's a really interesting module. You put C, you give it clock, you give it CV into the input, and it uh, it's got controls. It's got four different stages. I think it's a four bit A to D or something, and it enables enables recombination recombinations of the CV sequence that goes into it using a shift register. And that is called the digital filter, um, digital filter simulator, and it is very interesting. So, based on, I mean, it sounds super interesting, but I, I really need to look into that. I, uh, I, maybe, maybe, maybe you can remind me later on. Yeah, it, it, after, it, after the podcast, yeah, I will, um, because Thank it you. sounds like the kind of. Maybe there's some inspiration inside there. It, it mentions it, it does mention the source for the idea in the um, description on the build on the build guide on the bomb. So it's definitely something which sparks interest because I, I too share the same interest in shift registers only from from these particular two modules. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm. I, I I potentially like the idea of like a synthesizer that uses mainly CMOS with function in it that is around the particular characteristics of those ICs um, to provide kind of interesting and unique ideas with either over time or signal. I definitely think that those are I think there's that there is plenty of room there for new and interesting ideas. Uh, I, I'd be really interested in, to, you know, following your journey, knowing now that you're looking down that path. Definitely. So there's uh, there's one thing that inspired me. It was the Cat Girl synth um, gated comparator, which I've built already, but only in a size down version um, because this one has. Uh, potential ra- in uh, random melody outputs based on um, on the comparator outputs in an R to R ladder, so uh, digital to analog converter. And I did not build this part, and I really need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I regret re- not doing. Uh, so there are some modules I sized down because it was easier to build at that time. Uh, it was too complex for me and stuff. And uh, this is one of the ones I'm really, really, uh, I really need to redo or like make an extension uh, that has this functionality. Or I'm not sure how, but probably I need to redo it. If you if you look into it, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm going to take the details. If you can make a note of that synth and then we can add it to the description later on that'd be great i think so i need to get you back up i need to stop
putting stuff around. Okay. <clears throat> all good, all good. Okay, so, good. Question eight. I think... Are we good to go? Question eight. All right, building electronic gear often involves a wide range of tools and techniques. Is there any particular equipment? And this, people ask this question. This is about the manufacturer of the modules um, and particular around, you know, tools that you might enjoy using. Some people like to talk about that um, and share their enjoyment of the hardware side of it, of building these things. Um, would you like to talk about anything, you, any equipment you enjoy using? It can be in the software realm. You're more than happy to talk about any aspect. So, uh, one thing everyone needs, in my opinion, is this one. It's yeah. this uh, PCB holder. Uh, it's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's it's the best thing. Uh, you need it. it. You just need it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's fun when people hold their stuff in the camera. At the same time, I know. I, nice the funny thing is, is that mine's just been under there the whole time. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> even though I tidied my um, work area the other day, this stayed under there. But and this was the reason because we both had to share it at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. Then uh, my my trusted Vela Iron. Um, it was my third one. I gotta say, I had a, a cheap one. Uh, I had two cheap ones, which the first one died on me, and the second one, I didn't wait for it to die on me. I just threw it out. It was Parkside. I think it's what from any discounter you can get those. Really bad. Um, also, you don't get proper tips. So um, yeah, you need a good iron with proper tips, and you need to find out which tip you like. You need to buy like an assortment. No, no, no! Get it away! I hate it. <laughs> what are the chances? I've not only got the PCB holder, but also a parkside iron. Yeah, but mine is in the trash long time ago. But <laughs> that's that, fun. Yeah. No, I've got. I actually um, have bought probably about fifteen of those for a workshop. Oh, okay, that's fine. That'll put off anyone who wants to learn synth DIY. That's that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for one workshop, that's okay. But if you want to do anything uh, for for more than uh, a week or something, then it doesn't really doesn't really uh, create any enjoyment. Okay, so I got a WE ten ten from Vela. It's not uh, it's not the most expensive one, but it's um, it's mid range, I'd say. And uh, I got you get the tips, and and I uh, use uh, chisel tips, pretty pretty broad ones. I I don't know, uh, they're like three two to three millimeters, something like that. Um, um, I got a desoldering pump, but I use lead free, so I don't use it that much. I I actually hate desoldering. I've really put a lot of good components in the trash because I I wasn't. It's, my mental state didn't, didn't, I, I couldn't bring it over me and uh, desolder that stuff. I'd rather throw it out and be okay, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, the, uh, my favorite tools, uh, other than that, the PCB holder, helping hands, I got, uh, those, uh, quirky ones. And did something happen? No, no, it's fine. Um, do, do, do. Yeah, and my, my the most important part for building anything uh, is probably my storage system. So 
the way I organize stuff just makes me happy. Interesting. Um, I'd, tell me about your storage system. I'm intrigued. Okay. Can you can you show us? Uh, I I can try. Wait, I need to. Yeah, there's not much space here, really. It's all pretty cramped. But um, so let's see. Can you see me? Ha, yeah, yeah, can we see can me. see you. Okay, yeah. so I got uh, I got these uh, drawers. Um, oh yeah. And I get like PCBs here. Then I got capacitors. All the capacitors are in boxes, uh, neatly uh, described. What's in there? Every value. Um, same thing. Oh yeah, those are LEDs. Just LEDs, all colors and some other stuff. Then all ICs you can think of, any yeah. color. <laughs> All ICs, um, but uh, all, only the special ones. So if you need a quad op amp, it's right there. So okay, yeah. Everything I need all the time, but I'll get to that. So uh, then there's transistors, um, whatever, uh, connectors and stuff, mostly. Yeah, and potentiometers are like four, two, three draws are only potentiometers. Can I ask you a quick question? When it comes yeah. to when it comes to tra um, transistors. Are you using like a standard set or do you kind of get down into the weeds as it were to basically get specific ones for a particular task? So I think easiest is um, uh, for most tasks, you can use like two or three um, PNP, NPM transistors. Everyone uses like the two and two, four, nine. I know six. As well. Six or yeah. six and yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, uh, and the BC five four seven, which yeah, and five five seven, yeah, five four and seven. five five seven, and yeah. I've got the five five eight and whatever. And um, but uh, if you need uh, like a special amplification or uh, noise ratio or whatever, if the if the schematic calls for it, I will find an equivalent, and I got like a hundred different transistors in there and uh for the most most of them are uh from uh, aliexpress packages so they were pretty cheap i'd say and i haven't touched most of them I've, i gotta say so most of the stuff you can do with like a handful of different transistors um but sometimes it's really neat even if you like do do small repairs for friends if they got non audio gear and it calls for this special transistor and you're happy you got an equivalent or even this one in your in stock so yeah it's it's neat to have them that's a good question the, for you what why would you use a i can't remember which one's mpn and which one's a pmp but why would you use a 557 over a um what is it 29 Oh, six, the sixer, yeah, the sixer six. is the is the PNP, and the five five uh, uh, seven is the PNP. Yeah. So. So what what would be the reason for using a five five seven over the O six? Um, I, from the top of my head, I know there are differences, but they are marginally tiny. When when I didn't know better, I just ordered a bunch of them, and now I got these and those and all of them. The transistor stock didn't really grow much, only f for like the ones I, I really used. Sure, that makes sense. And if if someone puts in his schematic, I need to use this, then I use this. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. The the price point doesn't really. I'm I'm not that. Uh, yeah. 
it's no, no problem. That makes sense. I mean, I've noticed those pairings in the builds that I do. Mm. They're the pretty popular ones. Like, I, I think it uh, it depends on where you're from because one of them is uh, the American made and the other one is EU made or European. But I can't remember which one is which one. But the people watching this later on will know. Probably. Okay. Question nine. This is the new segment well it's quite new still the show and tell the show and tell section shout out to benji jow who's been shouted out continually throughout <laughs> this podcast for his excellent suggestion this is a special segment where the guest is asked to bring anything they like to the podcast to talk about it, it doesn't have to be simp diy related but often is if we're really descriptive about it as well, that'd be excellent for the listeners who are not watching the video feed. Okay, over to you. Thank you. I didn't think this up, so I need to hold it up. That's fun. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's do this. Where's the socket? Um, <clears throat> this is nothing special. It's basically a CV keyboard. And um, let me... So, see it. Yeah, it lights up. Haha. <laughs> um, the thing is, when my daughter grew old enough to want to play with my Sims, like actually getting daddy's playing with this stuff, uh, and it's blinky and it makes sounds, uh, she wanted it as well. So I built this. Uh, this is uh, a big uh, wooden box uh, with uh, pink faceplate, um, a bunch of um, lit up knobs at the moment, uh, arcade buttons they're called, uh, some uh, potentiometers, like there are six, six of each, um, and uh, twice as many toggles. Um, the output works like this. You can have them either, either as always on, and you turn them off when you press them, or you can have them always off and on when you press them. It doesn't make sense to mix this functionality, at least for the output, because it outputs here um, all the gates and here all the CV. Um, so let's turn them off. But it does gate and CV. And as you can see, I don't know if you see. Can you see the difference? So you have a voltage divider at the output, which makes okay. the CV, and the other one is just a just a gate signal. You can have it for all of them. Uh, you can switch them. You can say, okay, I want uh, this one in the mix, or I want this one on his own port expo uh, output. Uh, but the but the gates are always going out. Uh, and to come to the point why I built this. I built it so I could in interpatch it with the synth you see behind me, and my daughter could play with it without interfering with my patch. So I would interpatch this inside a filter or a VCA, whatever you name it, and she can play around with it safely. Uh, I've put the whole project up on my on my blog. You can look it up. It's transistor based. Uh, it's pretty easy to make. I got a stripboard layout for it, if you like. And um, I think it's a great uh, modular CV controller for kids. And this one is extra sturdy. You could 
No, I mean, you could probably kill someone with it. It's pretty sturdy. <laughs> okay, so that's the show and tell. That is awesome. Any questions? Well, I'm interested in the those those normal arc, arcade buttons um, from AliExpress that you kind of... They're great, they are. And what's going on with the, the lights at the end there, the LEDs? Uh, uh, the LEDs are only yeah. to show what's coming out, so okay. they're just uh, those little oh, yeah. catch files. Oh yeah, they're cool. And then so those... I'm, I'm putting it down. My, it, yeah, it's, it's heavy. heavy. Yeah, it looks heavy. Is that from the <laughs> same? Um... Yeah, it's the same wood. Yes. Yeah, that's same awesome. Material. So that's I can I usually have it on top, and um, if there's stuff I wanna I wanna reach to, but I can't get through the noodles, then I patch it up top, and then I have the CV button. It's pretty pretty awesome. So you were saying what your daughter was able to patch into the modular without affecting your patch, basically. So she was able yeah. to control things independently. Mm -hmm. I give her control over uh, some uh, some filter or something, and she can play around. And you can even use it with a sample and hold and use it as a CV keyboard. So you can play notes, you can tune them here, put it through a sample and hold into a quantizer, and have a valid CV keyboard with six keys, which is not a lot, but for her to play, it's it's enough. That's great. That's great that you've created something special like that. I mean, it's something that um, you know, I bet my um, my kids would have loved to be able to play with the modular when they were young. I did um, <clears throat> venture a bit and made a Atari Punk console, but to be able to um, have something where they can actually interact with the modular is fantastic. That's a really cool piece of work. Thank you. Thank awesome. you for the kind words. No, it's awesome. I love the fact that as well, like especially that you've used the wood from the um, father-in-law's forest. What is it? Do you say he's got access to the forest and, and he's got his own yeah. woodworking equipment? I bet that smells nice as well. I know it sounds crazy, but like, does it? You... <laughs> it did for a long time. It yeah, did. but did... now it's all all smells the same. Yeah, There's something nice <laughs> about that though. I think that with the, the thickness of the timber as well, you get that. Mm -hmm. I bet because you can't really see on the camera like, the grain of the wood, etc. But yeah, it's really special. But it's it's pretty fine grained. Um, so lime wood especially is pretty fine grain. It's usually used for carving. Oh. So it's it's uh it's soft. It's hardwood, but it's soft. It's nice, beautiful for a piece of essentially furniture that you've got. Yeah, basically, yeah. You can sit on it, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, number ten, which we almost got into earlier. Mm. The bin of shame. Even the most experienced builders and makers have projects that didn't turn out as planned, whether due to technical difficulties, lack of resources, or simply bad luck. Can you share with us a project or build that didn't quite make the light of day, and what ultimately caused this project to end up in your bin of shame? Um, yeah, so actually I got two, two projects. Um, I, I got a lot of little projects been that didn't work out for me. And um, I got to say, there's something. Um, I got this bin of shame always sitting somewhere near me. But um, about a month in, if I don't want to do it again or want to revisit it, I, I bin it. So I, I truly bin it. It's not in the bin of shame anymore. 
and that uh, frees me from those uh, mistakes. It doesn't mean I haven't learned anything from them, but if I feel, <laughs> but if I feel I, I won't gain anything from them anymore, then I just spin it and be, be get it over with. So that's one thing. Um, um, yeah, and the two things that I ultimately will never revisit again. Sometimes I talk about it, sometimes I dream about it, but, um, is a, a twin T drum. I wanted to make a bass drum. I built it. It's in this case, it works, but when I made a PCB, it doesn't, it didn't. So I really, um, and I, I've, as you said before, uh, I, how did you say it? What with the dead horse? Flogging a dead horse. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was flogging away, but it, it was no use. So <laughs> at some point I had to decide um, my mental health or this thing. And I decided my mental health is more important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was basically the same thing with the filter, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm done with it yet because I made a great. So there's um, uh, MFOS. Oh, yeah. What are they called? Um, and there's this state ver- ver- variable filter. Yeah. And I, I just did a one, one, one to one clone. I, I didn't do any, just minor, minor changes, but basically I, I made, uh, a new, uh, layout for it because I wanted to be done with this animal series. <laughs> um, I didn't know if, if I mentioned before, uh, but my, my current, uh, Eurek f- series is, uh, animal based. So every f- faceplate has, uh, their name uh, based on a animal or functional animal, whatever. Uh, and I wanted to be done with this. So, and maybe that was the problem uh, in the first place. I tried to find a simple solution or a fast solution and it failed on me. And I gave the design, even gave the keycard files to friends and they said, okay, I'll, I'll check, check it out. Maybe I'll find the, the bug uh, why you got no real output and stuff. And I tried to trace it and I, I, yeah, even with the oscilloscope, I, I couldn't find the error as of yet. Um, I mean, it may be happening in the future, but I was pretty frustrated and, uh, then I just did another design and, um, yeah, I should be getting it, um, early next week and, um, the prototype was pretty promising. So I hope this one will work. <laughs> no, that's great yeah. I've, I've what i'm hearing from um you talking is that um you really enjoy momentum um and like riding a wave of new information and basically continually moving forward is very important to your process and your workflow um it sounds like a lot of your work is around becoming efficient at providing certain types of functionality so that you can jump back on that workflow and keep moving forward. Is that something that um, makes sense to you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's actually something I started teaching. Uh, it's, it's, it was something, it was a special request of, of uh, a guy on Instagram. Um, hi, Eric. Uh, he was so, so, so nice to ask, uh, if he could do, uh, if I could do some lessons in PCB design, especially KiCut, uh, for Eurorack. And I streamlined this workflow 
to the to to an extent where I could give this informations how I do it to someone and he could do any module um, if he has a valid schematic so to say but um, I'm I'm really I've worked out something for me and again <laughs> and I'm I'm sorry I need to uh, do another uh, shout out to Benji um, he gave me the tools. He gave me uh, the initial information, but he also gave me his his great uh, KiCad library, which I use extensively, and it never failed me so far. So if there's something failing, then it's me, not this. And um, he has uh, these great uh, faceplate uh, footprints you use in, when you want to create the, the PCB layout afterwards and also for the classic components like check sockets and uh, potentiometers and stuff and if you use them you you can't really fail you probably can't do the most fine-grained or fine-tuned ui but for my purposes it was always great and you can align them perfectly and make faceplates in no time and that's that stuff that really helps me <laughs> yeah because it's that same kind of ethos which i kind of spotted really which is this idea about efficiency in the process and not getting bogged down in the in the weeds of like creating a footprint for a component that's that's not really where um you're going to get this kind of workflow because that's kind of going to break your mindset the flow that you've got going and it's yeah. going to um, and, and ultimately detract from the enjoyment of the process, but also um, the clarity of your original idea will be kind of eroded, if you like, by this kind of this task, this sub, this um, side quest. Yeah, I try to create a anti-fragile framework, so to say. That's that's a professional term to call it. Um, but it takes a bit of flexibility, I gotta say. So sometimes I'm uh, taken aback by, by minor errors that shouldn't be happening, but it's because of I'm not in the right mind, in the right state of mind or something. And, and then if something doesn't work out, I'm, I'm often uh, frustrated. Um, but most of the time, like 80 to 90% of the time, everything works out and I'm like in the zone doing the thing and you can't stop me so uh, short of uh, if my if, if if my kid cries okay i'll get up and take care uh but if yeah if if the water's out i i've run out of water i just won't drink for another two hours because i want to get it done so on on the cost of my body it's okay <laughs> When does that inspiration take you? Can is it something which you know, like if you are out of the store, maybe you're driving your car or something like that, and you have an idea? Does it can it occur at any time, or is that something that you only have when you're back home at your desk? Um, most of the time, it happens uh, when I browse whatever forum or Discord or. Uh, Reddit or um, I don't know um, Instagram most of the time I see stuff I think about hey could I use this or how is that done and then I like do the research and find out what this special module does 
um, because it sounds so cool. It it produces sound. Someone else made made it do do things. Can I can I make something that can do these things? And then uh, I'm just I'm already into into this. I'm so, lost. <laughs> um, this kind of next question is kind of going to touch into this. Um, so uh, when it comes to the community aspects of it, one of the great things that, that makes Symphony DIY what it is is the kind of ability for people to communicate ideas and also to discuss and the openness and accessibility side of it. Have you got um, anything out on the social media side or have you, have you got a GitHub or where can people find information about your designs um, and your ideas? Um, yeah, I, I got a website uh, or a blog, uh, WordPress. Um, it's called knopfselmodular.design.blog. Um, yeah, that's where I put out content every now and then, but not so often uh, last in the last uh, year uh, when I discovered Instagram for myself. So uh, bits and pieces and new designs and, uh, hey, you can buy this thing. Uh, is mostly on Instagram, but I'm not aggressively marketing my stuff because basically I uh, order like 20 of each and uh, give 10 of them away, uh, trade them with other people and five I do f make for myself. And then I try to get away with uh, selling five or four and have one in a reserve. Uh, and this is just to compensate uh, for for my uh compensate my hobby it's um i don't want to get in trouble with my wife really and i don't want to put massive amounts of money into it so i basically i make one module i say i sell four of them and i try to uh, get enough so i can make another um i'm no i'm just a maker no um yeah i'm not churning out hundreds of modules and uh, sending you instagram hey buy this i got 12 more got five more come on you can make it the last one. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. I don't have the time or the yeah. Doesn't it's not me. Um, uh, about uh, about where I'm uh, else to find is uh, Discord mainly these days. Um, I'm on uh, a bunch of different discords. Uh, I mentioned before Marek Mach's Discord. Benjao has one for his Patreon. So if you go subscribe to his Patreon, you can be there as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, others are like Sorcery, Modular in the Week, uh, Juanitos, Luke Manuel Kubiuta, Moritz, Cynthia X, uh, you name it. There are a bunch of them and all of them are really nice and it's, it's fun to, to find out this guy is in three others as well, but doesn't know this ones and you can, like, I'm, I'm trading discords, kinda. It's like trading cards, but this <laughs> Um, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's basically where you can find me. Uh, Reddit, I got uh, I got my link tree and there's my Reddit. And sometimes I try to be helpful on Reddit when uh, beginners ask questions. But I gotta say, in the last two years, um, there are so many helpful people on Reddit. I I don't even start. If there are like three posts that are a mile long, why should I start explaining the same things? So um, I I kind of went back and I'm now at the uh, Discord is my base and Instagram is my whatever I put out. Cool. Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> okay, next question. 
when you're looking for inspiration, where do you go? The reason I ask this question, it doesn't have to be about synth DIY, but it's nice. We've heard about your brewing um, side quest. I'm using the side quest a lot today. Um, but I love it. Yeah, I think that the I think it's because my son started playing Zelda, and um, I'm for some reason associating that with side quests. I'm not even sure if there are side quests in Zelda, but that's what I feel there should be. But mm. um, so when you're looking for inspiration, I, for example, I've got a combination of things that I like to watch on YouTube, or you know maybe socializing with my friends or chatting to a particular friend about a particular subject. Where do you go for inspiration in your life? Generally, or for synth stuff? Because for synth stuff, it's easy. There are so many communities and there's YouTube and there's uh, Instagram and you can endless doom scroll and then yeah. there's something, bing! Oh, okay, I want to do that. I think, so gen- I think generally, works. yeah, I think generally, I think but just gen- generally, yeah. I would say mm, probably my kid. She asks all the right questions. And uh, <laughs> that's something I, I was really like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this way? Why are you not doing it any other way? Are there other ways to do this? And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's that's uh, the greatest inspiration, my, my kid. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, general life, whatever. That's a perfect answer, Marcus. I think that's the, you know, very before the podcast, my son was on a pogo stick, jumping up <laughs> and down outside the, um, you know, we've got one of these sliding doors to go to the patio, and he was just <laughs> bouncing and bouncing and just staring at me, making this funny face. <laughs> and you just think... You know what it would be to be a kid again, just finding the fun and yeah. He, the other day he counted that he did six hundred bounce, six hundred bounces on the um, pogo stick. Like, wow, is... that's respectable. <laughs> Not <laughs> bad. Yeah. I got a funny side note as well. Um, so <laughs> my my daughter said she wanted to make me a module. Uh, it was my birthday recently. Let's not talk about that. But she told me she wants to make a module for me. And I thought, I thought that's, that's too cute. And she, I told her, okay, um, I will, I will teach her how to make a module later on in life, but she's too small. She, I mean, she's turning four. So soldering irons are kind of hot and stuff. So off limits kind of. Um, and she came up with a great solution. She took all my electrical tape and taped a bunch of components to the perf board. Voila. <laughs> and she told me, this is the, this is your new synthesizer, and I was like, "That's a great solution." Yeah. She couldn't know it wasn't electrically working, but every it it was all there. I mean, that is wonderful. And that I mean, it's like you can keep that now, put it up on the side, and then that'll be a great inspiration for you. I'm sure you look back on that as well. It's fantastic. Sure. Loved it. Yeah, kids think of the most amazing things. They really look at life in a different way. And I think we can learn a lot from that kind of thing. Uh, That's great to hear. Yeah, thanks for sharing that additional treat. (laughs) I think the um, the next question we've got, um, we've already touched on this, but I've flipped this question a bit, uh, which is basically, who would you like to see on the Synth DIY podcast? 
So you're killing off my list with special thanks to people that helped me in the past. <laughs> well, we, well, uh, well, no, no, as a spy. Now that we're was just, <laughs> I was just concerned. I, I was concerned that we have got a week. We can do the list. Don't worry, it's going to be fine. <laughs> we will get onto that once you've once you've given me some solid gold leads for the next DIY podcast. Oh, that's really hard. That's really hard because all those people, I'm not sure they they want to be on here. So there's uh, there's Daniel, which is one of my synth buddies, um, and Luther. He's on your he's on my he's Discord, on your yeah. Discord as well, and he's he's a great guy. He he's tempted me with my last two designs. What? He's tempted to come on. No, please get him too. Uh, yeah, really. He's he's super helpful, really nice. He's he um, basically gave me uh, his VCO design. I stripped it down to to the bare minimum to to get my um, to get my uh, watches controlled LFO, and it was even his idea. Um, yeah, then there are other people like Cashimore. Um, there are a bunch of them that helped me out time and time again. Um, yeah, then. Yeah, so those are the ones that are probably reachable. I know Daniel; he's not, uh, he he doesn't want to be a public person in That's any fine. kind of way. Uh, so you won't get him on probably. But um, I'll talk to Benji. Maybe maybe we can make it work. He's a great guy. I think. Um, well, yeah, I'm happy for you to um, answer question thirteen correctly. Would you like to do that? Are there, are there any Synth DIY makers, builders, or musicians on social media that you find particularly inspiring or educational? Uh, so for the ones uh, already mentioned, they are all great guys. Uh, my first uh, my first inspiration was Luke Mom, the computer. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if you got him already, but you should get him on. I haven't seen any uh, info on that. Uh, yeah. You already got Christian and Juanito, uh, which was really great. For uh, I mean, I watched the Christian episode, uh, the module in a week episode, um, and uh, built a module during during the interview. I, I sent you that. I loved it. It was really inspirational. Uh, yeah, uh, and then there are uh, people that don't want to be seen, which <laughs> is fine. Um, there's Suspeiser or investor. He designed my logo, and I want to thank him. Uh, on this way, uh, he's he's a really nice guy. And Cold Light Oracle, uh, he's the maker of Berg Noise, uh, and he trades exclusively with me all his designs. Wow! And I I do the same, but not exclusively, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there are a lot of great guys uh, in all of the communities, and I couldn't mention them all, so I'll stop here. And uh, yeah, that's that. Well. Thank you, Marcus. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to any additional conversation that you might like to have. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up that we haven't mentioned so far on the show? No, the, the, no, there's, I'm, I'm happy. That's good. Well, it was really satisfying to talk to you. That's and great, you're, man. A, you're a great listener and, uh, I like the, the therapy part. <laughs> yeah. I thought I might have gone a bit too heavy with the therapy part early on. No, I was like, I'm losing him. I'm losing him. <laughs> no, no, no. That's really, it's fine. I, I liked th- it. 
No, I think the the interesting thing that happens on this show is that I've got the structured approach to give consistency to the um to the audience, but you know, throughout the process, and I think I described this to you, what happens is is the guests over time they realise that hopefully anyway, that um that, that you know, that I'm on their side. And that basically all I want is to like maybe some of the angles that I come at are unexpected, but because um, because I see something in what you're saying, and also I'm enjoying listening to you myself. I I, I am in fact acting as the listener, you know, in in this conversation. So I get a chance to basically come at it slightly differently and maybe like drill down into into a section which I can see potential with. Um, and I think today we had some real magic from you and the passion and integrity to your approach and also like the real joy and to see someone who's so connected with the process and also to get down into those details and really kind of, you know, it's very generous of you to share such a deep understanding of what you're doing and provide us that view into quite a personal side of your life um, and your approach to things. You've been very generous. It's been great to have you on. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Uh, and you see me smiling most of the time. So everything's fine. Thank you. <laughs> That's great, man. Right. To wrap up, as I said at the start, thanks to all of you who've watched, commented, and liked the podcast we've had so far. I'd really appreciate it if you give this episode a like and consider subscribing as it really helps to grow the show. See you guys next time. Cheers. <laughs>